All right. We bring on Patrick Stevens now. Of course, covers college basketball for the Washington Post. And I, it's going to be kind of an, I guess, off-the-court thing first because, well, this is the biggest story in college basketball right now. But the Brandon Miller situation uh, with Alabama. I uh, allegedly supplied the gun in that shooting that Darius Miles uh, was involved in in January. Um, I know it's a legal thing, so I'm not expecting you to answer any of that at all. But you know, is like, is this something that can become a distraction for a team that's the number two team in the country, Patrick, and has national title aspirations? Well, it, it certainly could, and, and and if it's the sort of thing that eventually leads to you know being sidelined for some period of time. Uh, that it would obviously deprive uh, Alabama of, of you know, a, a top five, top ten player nationally. Uh, so that clearly would have some sort of implications there. So at the very least, it's uh, it's not the sort of thing anybody wants to be dealing with, right? Like, I mean, if we're sitting here and, and putting up a list of the things that people have dealt with in college basketball this season, you know, it's, it's right it's right there with New Mexico State, right? Like, I mean, that's not a... Those are the, that's basically the, 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 the worst-case scenario for anybody this year. And, you know, Alabama now dealing with something that involves something a little more serious than, than simply, you know, maybe somebody, you know, getting drunk outside of a bar or something like that. I mean, this is, this is some serious, serious stuff. And, you know, y- you hope for everybody involved that, that, that it's, not a, it's not a situation – uh, that, that envelops very many people, but clearly at, at this stage, you know, you have people that are charged with murder. So this is as serious as it gets, and so, uh, so unfortunate um, for uh, for for the fellow that for the man that died. Uh, but obviously for Alabama, it is something that they they obviously would want nothing to have to deal with, and clearly have something uh, that they have to contend with now. And Patrick, I know not a lot of people, uh, nobody really talks about the AP poll anymore, but Houston did just jump them, and Houston's been on a seven-game winning streak. They just jump over Alabama. Uh, do you trust Houston when we do get to March this season? You know, just because you look at all these teams that are battle-tested, and Kansas has all these quad one wins, and Alabama has all these quad one wins. Uh, what do you think about Houston this year when we get to March? You know, I, I'm not sure I trust anybody to be a three-weekend team, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure there's anybody I trust more to be, make it to at least the second weekend than Houston. Uh, that defense has been so good all year long. It's been good against teams that we figured were going to be good. Uh, you know, they, they held St. Mary's to 48. They held Virginia right around a point of possession. Uh, the performance the other day against Memphis was quite good, even if Memphis was down Kendrick Davis. Uh, and, and even when you look back at that Alabama game uh, back in December, uh, Alabama keeping them to about a point of trip is uh, is pretty good work. So, I, I think that Houston, given what it's done in recent postseasons, given the uh, defensive versatility that it has, might be as trustworthy to make the second weekend as anybody in the field. I mean, one of the narratives obviously has been just, you know, we talk about the AP poll, and I'm just laughing when Ryan says that, Patrick, because it's like the AP poll looks different every week. There's somebody new at the top, and we just can't seem to settle in on teams, which is, yeah, certainly makes it fun in some ways, but it also makes it, you know, incredibly frustrating for us if you're trying to bet a national title contender. Uh, I bet Kansas to win the national title yesterday. I was waiting because there was just nobody separating themselves, and this has just been a frustrating year in college basketball for me, but I feel like we're starting to see Kansas remind everybody why, oh, yeah, they just won a national title, and they're a really, really good program. I mean, Ryan just mentioned some of their their resume right now could this be a situation where as the next couple of weeks let's say go on can Kansas maybe separate themselves from the Houston's and the Alabama's and the Purdue's as some of those teams at the top of you know the AP poll for example that really are looked at as a maybe more consistent or dependable national title contender 
Well, I, I think at the very least there's opportunities there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when you look at the Big 12, like pretty much every game is, a, is an opportunity to pick up something valuable. Maybe not necessarily the next two games. In, in fairness, they have West Virginia and Texas Tech at home, so those might be quad two type of games, and then they finish at Texas before the Big 12 tournament. But there are certainly opportunities there. Uh, I think a little bit on paper, like a, as a, as a, as a uh, bracket profile type of situation, I think in some ways Kansas has already sort of separated itself a little bit. You look at the team sheets right now, and they have 14 Quadrant 1 victories. They are 14-5, and five, having played the toughest schedule in the country, uh, according to the, to the NCAA's net rankings. The only teams that have more than seven, half as many, uh, Quad 1 victories as Kansas does are Purdue with nine, and Texas with nine, and Baylor with nine, and Iowa State with eight. And you'll notice the Big 12 theme there, uh, plus Purdue. Uh, So I I think the opportunities will largely be there, especially in the conference tournament. Uh, And I think at the very least, Kansas probably has a little bit more grace than the other three teams on the top line, a little more wiggle room to be able to maintain that number one seed just because there is such a hefty uh, profile that they have going for them right now. How many teams do you think the Big 12 and Big East both do get in? I would guess at this point that the eventual number for the Big 12 will be seven. That's my guess. Um, I think that there are certainly nine teams in the mix right now with Texas Tech having won a couple games and suddenly found themselves in the conversation. If I I would assume that one of Oklahoma State or West Virginia will probably play their way out over the course of the next couple weeks. No guarantees on that, obviously, but you look at Oklahoma State, they've got Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech remaining. West Virginia still has at Kansas, at Iowa State, and Kansas State at home. That that feels like the sort of team that will certainly be given the opportunity to play its way out. What are your uh, so? Oh, go ahead. so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But what are your thoughts on TCU? I mean, they're eighteen and ten. Just if they could get healthy heading into the tournament, do you think that they would be able to make a run, or are you just completely out on them? Uh, you know, like look, obviously, uh, the the healthier that Mike Miles is for them. Uh, the better off they're going to be. And, and so far, I'm not sure that we've seen him quite back to, to what he was earlier in the season. You know, I think he had 15 against Oklahoma State over the weekend, had 13 last night and shot 4 or 14 from the floor. I, I think they're solid. I mean, that seems like a team that could win maybe a game or two in the tournament. Uh, you know, I look at them and, and you go back, they, they played pretty well there in November. But basically, since the, since the start of the new year, they've won back-to-back games once. They won a Kansas and Oklahoma combo. Uh, you know, I like the fact that they beat Baylor in Kansas, which is on the road, which is really hard to do. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think they're, they're going to need to round into some sort of better form uh, than what they've been showing of late. Talking to Patrick Stevens, BetMGM tonight. UCLA is an interesting program. Uh, they got a lot of veterans on that team. It's kind of one of those that I've been sitting back just watching going, I, I feel like there's maybe more there than we're hearing in terms of just yeah, I like sometimes we have to gauge right by when it just a team is being mentioned as much in the conversation, like a Houston or an Alabama. I mean, I look at them now; they're top five in Ken Palm and BPI. Uh, they've got a lot of veteran leadership on this team. But then there's also the other side of the resume where you just say, like, okay, their win over Maryland is maybe the like. Does their resume hurt them at all when it comes to uh, maybe at this point? I mean, I know there's still time for them to build up more there. But when you look at UCLA, do you see a team that is all right? I can I can trust them at least a little bit more. Or is this going to well, be? I'll tell you what. I, I was I was at that Maryland game. Okay. And so, yeah, um, yeah, it was ugly. 
that that was uh, that's the sort of thing that makes you believe a little bit. I will tell you this: that when you're sitting here saying, "Well, we don't," we're not hearing that much about them. I can give you six reasons why you haven't heard that much about them this month, and they're called Washington, Washington State, at Oregon State, at Oregon, Stanford, and Cal. Uh, those are the sorts of games that, no matter what, even on the West Coast, you're just going to sort of shrug at them, mm-hmm. with the exception of that Oregon game, and go, "Okay, whatever. You just, you know, you just went and won that game. So what? It doesn't really mean that much." Uh, basically, because they are that much better than pretty much everybody in that league besides Arizona and USC. So I, I think maybe we learn a little something extra about them when they make the, the Mountain West swing this year, this week with Utah and Colorado, and then they obviously have the Arizona schools to close it out. But I think that's something that's probably helping them kind of lurk in the background a little bit is they've been playing these teams that, that frankly, they're just a lot better than. Uh, I, I like the Bruins a lot. I like the fact that they're as old as they are. I like the fact that they play defense as well as they do. And it's not as if they're a bad offensive team. So I, I think when you size that up, uh, that's a team that I could very easily see getting on a run next month. Do you like UCLA or Arizona more in the Pac-12? Oof. You know, it, Arizona is one of those profiles that you look like you look look at, and every time you look at it, it looks better and better and better, right? Uh, obviously, the Stanford loss is a little dubious uh, in there, but there is a lot to like there. I, I still think I would go with the experience of UCLA, uh, even though Arizona did get them by six earlier this season. But both of those teams, I think, are second weekend teams. Do you think the North Carolina is going to get in? Do you think North Carolina deserves <laughs> to get in? Right now, looking at them as uh, on the first four out. Well, one of those questions is a lot easier to answer than the other. You know, yeah. I, I think that at this point, the 0-9 record in quad one games, yeah. that is a team that does not belong in the field right now. Uh, if you're sitting here saying, what is North Carolina's best victory? Is it North Carolina State at home? That, that's probably the answer. But you can sit here and argue that Michigan and Charlotte's the answer. Mm-hmm. You can sit here and argue that being College of Charleston the first week of the season is the answer to that question. Uh, it's just a team that has not done a whole lot, and you're sitting here staring at a, at a one and five slide and really only two more opportunities prior to the ACC tournament to accomplish anything of any sort of note. That's home games against Virginia and Duke on back-to-back Saturdays to close out the regular season. I, I, I really have a hard time figuring this Carolina team out. I think I'm not the only one. I'm probably in the same boat as Hubert Davis at this point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they certainly will have the chance to play their way in. The fact that it's not only so much, you know, a lot of years people talk about how the, the edge of the field isn't that great. One of the things going for Carolina is is that once you get, you know, the, the cut line's 36 to 37. Once you get down around, you know, 42, 43, 44, there's not a really a whole lot of options that are lurking there that, that are capable of making a charge. So three good weeks for Carolina would probably be enough at this point to get them onto the right side of things and into the field. Yeah. And so those Virginia and Duke opportunities in particular, at the very least, give them opportunities that maybe uh, some teams in other leagues don't have uh, don't have the luxury of. Yeah, I thought. I mean, man, North Carolina State this weekend would have been a huge win. Really quickly, uh, we got two minutes still. What What are your thoughts on the Big Ten? Who do you actually trust in the Big Ten? Who would you like the most in March? Because I'm completely out on Purdue, and I want to make the case for Indiana. I love uh, Trace Jackson Davis. I just I don't know if they have any, enough other than him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I trust any of them, quite yeah. frankly. Uh, and, so it's and like I've last year again. Of... <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot like the last couple years, except this year I don't think you have as many people talking about how awesome the Big Ten is. I think it's sort of recognized that Purdue has, you know, Zach Eady and, and then 
a young backcourt and some questions in other places, but they've largely handled the business that they're supposed to handle. Uh, Indiana has a great player in Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, and Northwestern kind of quietly probably has the best backcourt in the league uh, with Chase Audiz and Boo Booey. Uh, that might be the team worth trusting the most in that league. Uh, you know, Rutgers had the injury issue with Mag, and, and, and they're not quite the same on the defensive end with Adam. Illinois has been really erratic and, and hasn't really done a lot against the higher-end teams in the league. I'm not going to trust Iowa again for a long time after last year in the tournament. Uh, and, and Maryland is a team that has just kind of plugged along and done a decent job. Um, again, I, I think that there's uh, this is a league that probably winds up with eight, nine, maybe even ten teams into the field, depending on how the next couple weeks go. But I'm not sure I would trust any single one of them to make it to the second weekend. Purdue probably being the one that I would trust the most, just because you put Zach Eady up against a, a 7, an 8, a 9, or a 10 seed that hasn't seen him. Uh, and I, I kind of like their chances in that sort of situation. But I'm not sure I fully believe in anybody else in that league to be a second weekend team. Are there possibilities to get there? Sure, Indiana and Northwestern and Maryland being cheap among them. Uh, but I'm not sure there's anybody that I really, truly trust to win two games in the postseason. Patrick Stevens, always making us smarter when it comes to college hoops. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks so much for having me.